0: Hey everyone, welcome to episode number nine of the Taste of Success. I am Mitch from Mitch's Kitchen, and today's guest is CEO and President of Nardamu, Dan. How are you doing, Dan? I'm
1: doing well, Mitch. It's, uh, it's great, to, great to reconnect with you, man.
0: Thank you, yeah. So uh, our story of meeting in the first place was quite a fun one. So me and Shirin, we were doing road trip Across America with Shirin's Music, and it was at South by Southwest in Austin, Stumbled across this amazing party. It was really quirky. There's food on the table. We started tasting things and we we're like, oh, this ice cream's really good. Uh, turns out it was a vegan ice cream and you were there. So for those who <laughs> don't know Nardamu or have never heard of it, um, what is Nardamu?
1: Yes, yeah, so we are the, the, the first coconut milk-based ice cream to market. Uh, we were founded, our, our business was founded in 2005, right here in Austin, Texas. It, it also happens to be the home of the Whole Foods Market Headquarter. Um, and, and, and that's really, I mean, that's how we came to be. A super, super humble beginnings. Our founder uh, decided to create this product for her sister, who had been diagnosed with lactose intolerance, could no longer consume dairy, could no longer consume gluten. Um, But was an ice cream lover and 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 our founder um, She she had a background as a natural pastry chef lots of plant-based lots of plant-based knowledge in in her portfolio and and really uh, decided to use her background and her knowledge to create an ice cream product for her sister and she ended up just stumbling upon a recipe that was so good that as she started sharing it with uh, with friends and family um, and with the local Austin community, people were just blown away. They, they could not believe that the product that they had in their mouths was ice cream that wasn't made with dairy. Uh, again, this is 2005, uh, really predates the, predated the dairy-free movement, predated the plant-based movement. And so it was basically unheard of, especially here in the state of Texas um for people to be consuming an ice cream product that tastes just like ice cream but had zero cow in it and and, and hence the name not a moo, as, as this recipe came to be known um but but really we had our big business breakthrough as our founder uh, was here in austin she was at a local juice shop um, and she was providing samples to whoever walked in the juice shop and would take a sample um, and that very day, in walks a buyer from Whole Foods. Uh, you know, just like very serendipitous moments. Uh, the 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 product didn't have a name yet. The our founder hadn't started a business yet. But in walks this buyer from Whole Foods into that juice shop that day, puts that product in his mouth, and just just like I I think to, today, as you were talking about Nadavu on your on your Instagram account. His, his mind was blown and and then that is like people's minds have been blown on our products every single uh, you know I'm sure I'm sure today there's going to be somebody uh, who for the first time tries an and or for the first time samples the product and they're just gonna be dumbfounded at how incredible, how creamy, how t- tasty this product is. Um, and, and you really feel like you're not, you're not missing anything. So, so, you know, once again, that, that buyer comes in, he samples it, mind is blown, and very quickly tells our founder, look, if you can put this product into packaging, and if you can build a brand around it, we'll put it on the shelf at Whole Foods Market. And so that was really, you know, that is what forced our founders hand um, into starting a business around a homemade recipe that she really only created for one person. She created it for her sister. Um, her sister was, was very pleased with it. And, and now you know, we have uh, been able to share that same product and that same recipe and, and lots of new flavors off of that original base mix um, with a much, uh, much wider population um, within the United States and, and, and even around the world as we, Continue to build our brand. You know, you you are you're based out of the UK. You just happen to be in in Austin during South by Southwest, and you found yourself um, at the right place at the right time. And and you know that's that's kind of how the world works. And and really uh, feel very fortunate to continue to be connected with you as you uh, as you dive deeper into your plant based journey there in, in the UK.
0: That's, yeah, it's such a good story, and um, it's so fantastic to see how it's as you said it was an ice cream recipe designed for her sister which is now in multiple stores across america uh, you've even got your scoop shops Um so where yeah. did you get involved with the business in terms of um you're not the initial person creating the ice cream how did you get on board and um, to be where you are now yes yeah,
1: so so i started i started at the at the ground floor, right? I, I, uh... I graduated from, from undergrad uh, here at the University of Texas uh, with, with a degree in mechanical engineering, <laughs> pretty, pretty, pretty interesting transition there from, from a very technical, uh, technical engineering background to, to the food business. Um, but I was introduced, I, I graduated in 2007, moved to Madrid, Spain for, for about a year and worked in renewable energy. Um, because again, as, as, a as an Austinite, as a, as a Texan, as a progressive Texan, um, I, I knew that I wanted to attach my work, um, to, uh, to to the, what what I would call the industries of the future, the, the industries that would drive forward, uh, drive forward this world to a much more sustainable place. And so I started with renewable energy. was, was in Madrid for about a nine to 10 month stint. My my The work program that I was a part of lasted, I don't quite recall, I think it was like six to seven months. Um, but but I knew that once that stint was over that I would be coming back to Texas. My, my family's from Texas and very, uh, very family oriented. And I knew that I wouldn't stay in Europe forever, even though I loved it very, very much um, and, 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 and enjoyed my life there. Um, But as I ventured back to my life here in Texas and started trying to figure out what my next step was, I I, I had to kind of really mindfully think about what it was that I gathered from my time in Spain that would help me take that next step. And so, you know, some of the things that I had gathered, I, I knew still that I wanted to be tied to the industries of the future. Uh, what I learned working for that company in Madrid was that I, I didn't enjoy working for a massive corporation. Uh, I I really feel like my day to day work was was lost, you know, was kind of lost in translation, didn't really feel uh, the the effect of my impact on, on on my work every day. And that's something that's important to me. And, and also, I kind of had these had these thought experiments around why spaniards life expectancy is better than us in america we 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 always talk here in america we pride ourselves in our healthcare system and you know and all and our capitalism and our productivity and you know and all these things that we thought we were already winning the battle um by by kind of demonizing cigarettes here, here in america we you know we got to this place where Cigarettes was the root of all evil and was causing cancer and was doing all these things. And yes, that's true Um, But but in Spain People were smoking a lot of cigarettes too They're smoking a lot of cigarettes, but but what were the other things that they were doing that were very different? um, From what we do here in America. Well, their their diet is substantially different their entire food system and their agricultural system um, definitely doesn't have the you know, wasn't industrialized to the same extent that things were here in America. Um, life in Europe is also very mobile. People people walk a lot more. People don't drive around in their cars to the corner store that's a mile down the street. Um, and, and so, you know, as I'm thinking about all these things and and, and reconnecting with with my network here in Austin, um, a, a, a very close friend of my family, um, who was one of the uh, one, of the initial, one of the initial people who was advising the founder of Natamu on how to get her business incorporated and how to get her business started, uh, we, we were having breakfast one day and I was talking to him about all these things, about all these problems that we had in America that I wanted to fix and, and that I had kind of, you know, come to understand a little bit better. I was talking about sustainability, renewable energy, general health and wellness. And as we're having this conversation, I'm, I'm you know, I'm looking at this, this friend and, and he just had this, he had this moment where he's like, I, I have someone for you to meet. And I was just like, okay, who, who should I meet? And he's like, there's this, uh, there's this incredible local entrepreneur. Um, she has this amazing, this amazing dairy-free ice cream product called Moon. And he's like, but I, I think what's most interesting is you and her are talking about all the same things. Y'all are passionate about all the same things. And he's like, I really think that you would benefit from meeting her. Um, so I took him up on that offer and uh found myself in a meeting with the founder and her business partner. I'm kind of hearing their kind of basically hearing their business pitch and and got to try the product for the first time. My mind was blown to. Um and 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 really that that moment meeting them and just seeing the opportunity that not presented to begin to tackle some of our biggest issues in america the obesity the diabetes um you know lactose intolerance was kind of just in the early stages we were we were realizing that that was a big issue um i i really couldn't help but want to be a part of it and so so at that moment, really just started offering myself up. I'm like, look, I don't know anything about what y'all are doing. I but but I I trust that my background as an engineer, which which all you are as an engineer is a problem solver. You know, you're creatively solving through problems all the time. Just like I'm I'm confident that there is some way that I can help you all. You know, continue to scale this business, and I, I'd love to I'd love to offer myself up. And and uh, long story short. They, they definitely needed some support on the bookkeeping side at that moment. I jumped in and started keeping the books in, in 2008. My first job with the company was, was as, as the bookkeeper. I would support the, the CFO uh, and, and really kept the books nice and neat and, and started building a lot of the initial systems and processes and infrastructure that, that would allow us to more, uh, more seamlessly begin to scale the business and, and that's that's where I started. As you can imagine, you know, things really began to began to escalate quickly. I started diving in deeper and deeper and deeper, kept wrapping my mind around the business and you know just wanted to continue to help in the highest value way that I could. And and that's kind of how I uh, I I began to evolve to this place. Now I'm the I've been the president and CEO of the company now for for nine years and and have been with the company for 12 and it's just been it's been an incredible ride.
0: Yeah, well, you've obviously done a a fantastic job working with them from when we saw it at South by Southwest. It was already in Whole Foods, I believe, and it's now expanded to um, is it sold in all across America or is it certain states? Yeah, we we have a
1: distribution footprint in every state in the United States. I, I believe we're we're in about nine thousand grocery stores nationwide. Uh, we have some distribution now in in Canada, um, so that's kind of our first jump into the into the international distribution. But we we have so much work here to do to do in America. At the same time that we ponder expansion into into new markets and we've always, you know, we, I I think we've always been really good at never getting, never getting too far ahead of ourselves. Like you really, if if you want to build something right, and if you want to build something to last, you really, you have to be patient and you have to be okay with, uh, with building things organically and building things in a way where, um, you know, the business can sustain itself over the long run. I, I, I think, uh, you know, when we approach tackling sustainability, it's, it's a holistic approach to sustainability. It's sustainability of, you know, the human, of the planet, of the animals, of, of business practices. Like we, we do not, we think like sustainability is a word that can be applied to uh, to so many different things in life. And, and as we approach growth and prosperity with our business, we want to make sure that everything we are doing attacks that the you know sustainability issues of, of all kinds
0: yeah So you your um b corp certified was it or something like yes that?
1: yeah yeah which is it's it's a it's a huge undertaking uh you know b, b corp is uh it's, it's probably one of the certifications that we're most proud of we're really proud of our organic certification because we believe that nutrient density at the level of the soil and the dirt is, you know, is, is, is a core problem, is a key problem in, in our battle to sustain life on the planet. Um, but to be certified B Corp, we are literally tying the infrastructure and the values of our company to values that put purpose sometimes above profit. Right. Like it, it, it is, there, there needs to be a balance of that. We are a business. We owe it to our shareholders to generate profits, but we need to take a, a holistic approach to solving problems and, and putting our purpose and our values first so that they begin to translate to profits that, again, are more sustainable for everybody that, that interacts with our brand.
0: Yeah, such a fantastic stamp. I know a few UK companies that have either got it or working towards it. Like it will be something we plan to do in the future as we grow. Like 100, it's it's a no-brainer. We love what the B Corp kind of represents and stands for. Um, and you do see yeah. it in a lot of plant-based businesses. It seems to be the the ethical standpoint stems from the founders and the people involved, not only about the products or service they're doing, but also about the company, the welfare of everyone, um, and all practices. So yeah, it's a really fantastic. Yeah, yeah and, and and it's great.
1: Like it it's great to see people latching onto B Corp because naturally in, in a perfect world, the B Corp community becomes, you know, in uh, again in a perfect world, all of those entities begin to join together in, in a collaborative manner around B Corp and, and the, the evolving values of B Corporation so that we together can drive for the the future to a more sustainable place through more sustainable practices, and uh, and I think that's that's key to this movement as, as well. It's like I, you know, I mean, Nada Moon does not want to be the only dairy-free ice cream on the market. You know, like that that just sure you know we we would you know love to ponder the success of a world like that for us, but we know that we alone cannot cannot create a more sustainable planet. It, it, it's going to take a lot of us working together and pushing in the same direction um, to really create the results that, that it is that I think uh, we're, we're, we're all looking for. We're a vast majority of people in the plant-based movement and you know, big corporations. We, we are all pushing toward a, uh, a, a better, more sustainable future for all of us
0: yeah that moves me nicely on to the next question, so, as Nadamu was a very early adopter into the plant based scene, especially the ice cream scene um what's your um view on the industry nowadays compared to when it was back in two thousand and eight when you joined and got involved with the company to where we are right now and where it's going in the future?
1: yeah. I, I mean what, what I can say it, it has changed. It's it's changed a lot as as you know, as I'm sure you're aware. Um we were very, very early to the movement. We were, you know, some of the pioneers pushing, pushing really, really hard against uh, beginning to open people's minds up to the way that things can be in the future. And and you know, us and 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 a lot of others, you know, it definitely wasn't just not a move. Um, a, a lot of others have been have been pushing for this for a long time um, before before it was sexy, you know, before before all the money started rushing in and realizing that there were financial opportunities um, to be had here, which, you know, that's fine. I, I mean, it's a part of the evolution, um, you know, so there have to be people that go out there and lay the groundwork and start pushing against. Uh, you know, against the powers that be and against those external forces um, to build a market and create the demand that is large enough to then get the financial, you know, people, uh, the financial people aligned with where the future of the industry and the demand is going. And when the money starts flowing in, like, things can happen a lot more quickly. Uh, you know, a, a lot more marketing dollars get pushed out there into the world, and you know the masses are now being marketed to in ways that not alone could never do. Like we, uh, were, again, we are building our brand more sustainably, more organically, and we're not going to go out there and spend you know a hundred million dollars on you know on digital advertising and commercials and. Because we don't need to. Our, our, our product tastes good, you know, we, we just need to get people to try it once. And once they try it that one time, it's going to be in their steady rotation of frozen dessert products that they begin to buy. And so, you know, we, we don't feel like, uh, we feel like sometimes when the capital rushes in, um, they can begin to, uh, without, without fully understanding what they are doing, they can begin to uh create create results for specific companies or entities that i personally believe are not sustainable like you know sometimes when you go from zero to a hundred million in revenue in three in three years um because you just like pump so much money out there into the world and you know flooded your 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 brand uh to the market to 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 buy market share um that that's great. Like that's, you know, that's a great fast growth story, but what happens after that? What, what happens at some point when you have to normalize your operational practices and your marketing practices and then see what level of business you can sustain from there. Sometimes those same companies that go zero to a hundred million steadily just start dropping off and, and you know, what, what sounded like an amazing investment story and in business, uh, you know, business rocket ship moment is, is, is not is short lived. And, and, uh, you know, so I think, I, I think, I, I think our capital needs to get better. I think our capital needs to get better at understanding how to support uh, the businesses that, you know, that are trying to balance those purpose and those profits and, and find a way to uh, drive growth stories forward in a more sustainable manner. And so I think we're, We're 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 kind of at this we're kind of at this interesting moment um, in in the in the evolution of the movement where you know we're we're still learning we're we're going to find out what really works what's what's going to work long term and what's not and, and and the money is really good at finding out how to correct their mistakes when they lose money. Um, and 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 we just you know we we want to continue to hold a space in the category that you know that supports the rise of really fast growth companies, but but also uh, also understands that those more organic, more sustainable growth stories might be the longer term success plays um, that that really drive forward this movement over a longer period of time.
0: Yeah, it's it's the same like in in the uk there's a few brands that will spend like hundreds and thousands maybe millions on marketing the certain products or services like frozen meal delivery is only just becoming a thing um and we've come into that market there's other companies out there spending more on the marketing and everything making that concept understood by the average consumer which means that then if they come across our brand they already know what it is so they're doing all the the legwork, the spending exactly. and we can then kind of be like, yeah, but ours is this and like try ours. So it's, yeah. it's good to have that community. Like, we very much love supporting anyone new to the market. We'll speak, Absolutely. Food, taste their food. Like it's, it's all about the community for us and it is all working towards that same goal, that same movement of getting people to eat better quality plant-based food. That's better for the environment and better for health at the end of the day
1: absolutely and 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 i think what what we what we really get excited about is when there are big money players that come into our category who actually have a great product like a great tasting product uh good quality ingredients like we we want that we want more of those players um because we don't want to scare people off from what we have to offer like you know if, if someone's first experience is you know brand x you know this company that raised you know half, a, half half a billion dollars you know before they even sold a pint of ice cream and they come in and flood the market but their product doesn't taste good they create all this new trial but all these people have negative experiences and now like have a jaded mentality of what dairy free or plant-based ice cream tastes like they have done an injustice to the future of the category. And so that, you know, like we, we have no problem with money flooding into our category. We just want to make sure that the money is behind products that taste good and are of, you know, of of a high enough standard of quality that we can get behind and be like, yeah, that's, that's good. Like we, you know, we totally, we totally respect what you're doing for the category. And by all means, create new trial, like get more people shopping in the category. Because we have the confidence to know that, again, when people stumble upon Nautamu and have that first Nautamu experience, we have them. you know, they they might not become 100% loyal to Nautamu from here to the day they die. Some definitely will, um, but but, but that's okay. We just need them to get in the rotation. Every, Every other trip to the grocery store, every fourth trip to the grocery store, We want them to put a pine pineapple in their card and we want that you know kind of that uh that that foundation or that base of our consumer uh to continue to grow so that we can continue to outperform the category like we have for so many years
0: yeah i think it's the other thing is your your kind of main audience is the people who are new to plant-based ice cream like you those are the people you want to get because if they can see that there's a product just as good if not better than a dairy-based alternative then it's suddenly like oh i don't need to have the the cow-based ice cream anymore there's so many ones i can try and then they'll go through try which ones they like and and kind of discover this whole new way of eating which again is from the sustainability aspect once again that's exactly what we're trying to prove yeah absolutely So Austin um, and America mainly as a whole, you think of America, you think of like the the typical American diet is going to be very steak or meat and and those kind of things. So for your current diet at the moment, obviously working within a plant-based brand, um, what's your kind of diet look like?
1: Yeah. So I I, I mean, first off, I'll start by saying, you know, through this COVID-19 period, um, you know, I, I, think, I think a lot of people have been given the opportunity to uh, hopefully, or hopefully have allowed themselves the opportunity to think about their own health, right? Their own health, their own wellness, um, you know, where they're at and where they need to go from here. And, and, and I'll be the first to say COVID-19 for me personally, for me to, you know, get a little more focused on my health and wellness. I've, I've been eating a lot of raw fruits and vegetables. like. I, I've personally lost, like, lost 15 to 20 pounds uh, nice. since COVID-19 started. And it's because I have gotten really disciplined on my, uh, on, on my diet. And, and most of it is centered around a lot of, uh, a, a lot of uh, raw, organic fruits and vegetables. Uh, you know, that's not to say that I don't cook anything. I'm, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not that hardcore. Um, I, I do cook. I, I do cook. Uh, you know, I, I like to roast those vegetables sometimes too, just to change it up. Um, but I, I personally, I, I'm I'm an imperfect human. Uh, I'm I, I'm still not I'm still not 100% vegan. Uh, I'm definitely 90 90 plus percent. I, I do incorporate small amounts of animal protein into my diet. But if I do, if I am going to partake in animal protein, I'm going to make sure that I'm more closely connected to the process of bringing that animal to rest. I I grew up in South Texas. I grew up from a ranching family. So I grew up out, you know, with my uncles feeding cattle. My family's never been in the cattle business, but we do have cousins and and uncles who, who have been uh, who have been in the cattle business before. Um, and so I grew up, I grew up around the ranch. I grew up around land and animals and, you know, and plants. And I, I grew up hunting. Um, and, and, and those are, those are parts of me. Those are parts of my childhood and my upbringing that I never want to be fully, fully disconnected from. Um, so when I am going to partake in the consumption of, of an animal protein, it's important for me to be as closely connected to that harvesting process as possible, because I believe that that's where the that's where the empathy is that's where the understanding is um, that's where we can be begin to understand how us and the animals and the plants and the land we are all here together we're all here to sustain life with one another and and I'm not going to put animal protein in my body that i was disconnected from that That i have no connection to or no understanding of how that animal was brought to rest what kind of life it lived before it was put on my plate and those are all very important variables for i think for for all of us for the masses to begin to wrap their minds around to um to 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 understand whether or not consuming animal protein is really that important to them I, I would venture to say that if more people were closely connected to bringing an animal's, you know, bringing uh, a, an animal's life to rest, that more people were connected to that, they probably could not stomach stomach the ability to consume that animal protein because it's not pretty. Death is not death is not pretty. Death of humans is not pretty. Death of animals is not pretty. Death of you know plants. You know, a, a, a tree dying. You know, is is. Is you know is is a terrible tragedy in nature, um, but but we can't begin to have the empathy necessary to be better people if we are too far disconnected from that food system and that food process. So I, as I said, I'm I'm an imperfect human. I am continuing to evolve, um, and and right now my diet is at a easily ninety plus percent plant based lifestyle.
0: That's really interesting, as you said, with the the connection part, because I think a lot of people, it is a real disconnect. Like they see the videos and it's, oh, I can't watch that. Or no, no, I just, I'll go to the supermarket, I'll buy it. Or, oh, I buy it from the butcher, whatever it is. But it's, I'm buying sausages, I'm buying a burger. You're not buying cow or chicken, you're just buying (laughs) the name of it. Um, So I think actually, like you said, having that connection, at least you know what you're partaking in and what you're consuming. And as you said, you're you're always looking to progress and perfect. Um, So I think that's one phrase that we love to reinforce is progress, not perfection. We're not out there trying to preach everyone needs to be vegan, because if everyone went vegan overnight, resources would struggle. Industries would crumble. Livelihoods would crumble. There's, There's a lot more than just the animal welfare to take into consideration. Obviously, that is an important part. Um, but there is a whole thing around it and people are so passionate about food which is another reason why I wanted to start this whole podcast talking about food
1: yeah yeah and in
0: and I love how you said it I mean
1: we 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 are the same way I, I mean I I personally believe that through this evolutionary process for all of us we're, we have to be true with ourselves that we are all in a certain place right now in the present that right now there is someone out there who is eating, who has the reverse diet of mine, right? They're eating 90% animal-based, you know, protein diets, and, which is a lot. That's, that's a lot to even think about. But we have to respect where they're at. Like, we, we have to respect where they are at in, in this moment and hope that we can begin to have conversations with that person so that they can begin to evolve their diet and their lifestyle away from a way too way too animal based and animal intensive diet to consuming more plants wherever anybody is at at this moment where where we need to come through is um, being open to having conversations and understanding that everybody is imperfect we are all imperfect people and we are all hopefully evolving toward better versions of ourselves And we need to be open-minded enough to be able to talk to whoever, uh, no matter where they are in their diet evolution, their dietary evolution, and and let them know why it is important for them to wean off of that and to incorporate more plants into their diet because it's important for all of us to begin to achieve greater harmony on the planet by moving more toward plants and away from our overconsumption of of animal products.
0: What are your views on the, the plant based meat alternatives? And uh, are there any out there that you have like blown your mind in terms of that flavor and enjoyment and texture to go? Yeah, that is spot on. Well, first,
1: first off, I mean, I, I'm like I, I might as well be a Beyond Meat employee right now. Um, I so here here's my stance on it. I I mean, I obviously love I I love Beyond Meat. I I, I love the space that they hold here in the plant based movement. Um, For me personally, am am I going to eat a Beyond Burger or Beyond Sausage, you know, three or four times a week? Absolutely not like that. That is not my idea of how I'm going to evolve my personal health and wellness. I I believe I'm already kind of, I I will consume it when I'm ready for what I call a treat meal. Um, I'm going to eat some vegan junk food. Um, like that that's where I will go. I will support beyond me because I, I I really like their people I, I've gotten to know their founder and his business partners and I'm on a lot of team that they've built around uh, around their beyond me platform and i I think they're good people and and I want to support good people who are doing good work to evolve the plant based movement. Um, I love the space that they they occupy in the movement because they are for those meat eating you know the, the the meat eating people who need to create incremental changes in their diet i i feel like beyond meat is is a great is a great trade off from that beef burger to the plant based burger and 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 that is uh you know the space that they hold in, in in the world is is they are going to help convert the you know meat eating consumers to the plant, the plant, the plant alternatives of those, of those burgers, and the burgers taste so good that it's going to be a, a mindless transition, and, and that's what we're all trying to do here, that's the same thing we're trying to do through ice cream, if people can eat our non product and have a, an ice cream, a dairy ice cream-like experience or better, then they can begin to understand, like, wow, this is so much better for me, and I don't feel like I'm missing out on anything. I, I, I've always felt like Beyond Meat is the burger equivalent of what Natto is to ice cream. And, uh, and, and, you know, I think we all kind of hold a different space. And um, I think, you know, my, my favorite of, of, of the, you know, booming meat alternative space is Beyond Meat because of my, my personal relationships there. And I do know that they, they do value the quality of the ingredients that go into their products um but 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 again like i'll I'll go one step further and again i'm speaking very personally to me um it's it's not going to be a staple of my diet because i am to the point where as i touched on i'm eating more raw fruits and vegetables and and in this four-month period during COVID 19 i i know how much better i feel right now and i know that i have Gotten to a much more efficient weight over the course of four months, as I said, lost fifteen to twenty pounds, and and and, and I know that I am moving in a direction that I want to continue leading into, um, and 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 all the you know whether it's impossible or beyond or you know whoever else, um, it's it's it, I, I I respect the space that they hold. It's just not personally for me. Um, but but I do, I, I want them to be the the brands that begin to uh, transition people away from meat-heavy, meat-animal-based diets to plant-based diets through really good-tasting meat alternatives.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with um, Beyond Meat and Impossible, what they're doing, not only for the average consumer, but for the industry, working with places like KFC or the massive burger chains and, they're proving the concept to say that there are people out there that want these alternatives they still want a flavor enjoyment of something that is like meat but it's not and that's one thing that a lot of people who are non-vegan try to or don't seem to get their head around is well why would you not just buy a burger or buy this like why would you want something that looks like it's from an animal but it's well it's not it's you're trying to get the flavors the smokiness the bite the juiciness like all these things the, the, the texture yeah and it's, it's that enjoyment side which is part of food that if you can nail that then that's part of the battle one um we've definitely had burgers over the years of being vegan that they're just crumbly or dry or there's nothing to them um and yeah it's it's amazing to see the amount of investment going into the alternative meat and the alternative protein world from everything from just pea protein itself to any source nowadays, it seems to be. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. 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 And I think, you know, again, to, to touch on
1: what, 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 what Beyond Meat has done specifically with their, with their IPO and their launch into the public market, like what that does for the mass investor, the mass consumer, like it just becomes, when you get into that, um, you know, into the traditional media realm and everybody's talking to you on, you know whether it's Fox News or CNBC or you know whatever on uh, on CNN. Like when when you hit when you hit mainstream media with a product concept and everybody starts talking about it, like that we need that. The plant based movement needs that in order to uh, accelerate the rate at which we are able to impact people's lives and impact. Uh, again, what's most important in all of this is. Uh, sustaining life on our planet
0: what's your um earliest childhood memory of food good or bad yeah I, so I, I i've actually
1: told i've, I've told this story before and, and again going back to my going back to my uh ranching family roots um and and you know going back to the days where uh you know we, we have a nice nice little house out out there at the ranch, and uh, my uncle and 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 some of my first cousins—they're all incredible cooks. They're really great on the grill. We have all sorts of you know cooking cooking apparatuses out there at the ranch. And and one of my uh, one of my favorite uh, food memories um, again in, in South Texas—very very meat-heavy diets. I mean, we're we're almost like we're almost like Midwesterners, just like we eat Mexican food though. Like, we're, we're eating the beef fajitas, chicken fajitas, a lot of tortillas. Like, we, we, we don't eat a lot of vegetables. Like, Mexicans, in their diet, you know, there's beans. Beans is, like, the kind of plant protein of our, of, our, of our heritage. But it's a lot of rice and beans and tortillas, a lot of carbs, a lot of meat, very little vegetables. So, that's kind of, that's how I grew up. And, and, you know, and to, to imagine where I've evolved to now, like, a, a lot of people from my hometown, they're like, what are you talking about? Like, what, what, is, what happened to you? What, you know, have you been brainwashed? Um, but, but going back to, to this ranch story, I, I, I mean, we have, we have what's, called a, what's called a barbacoa pit, which, in, I, I mean, I don't really know a, a fair translation, but to be, you know, to be quite honest, what barbacoa is? It's a uh, it's a type of meat. It's essentially uh, the, the the cow's head. You 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 take cow's head. It's basically like cheek and tongue, um, and there's this whole production around it. And my my uncle and my cousin would build this. We we had this pit that's about four to six feet into the ground. Um, it has a cover on it. You you basically build an oven in the ground. You build a fire over it. Once the once the cow's head is in there um and you leave it we we would sit around the fire we would tell stories and you know talk about the family talk about the ranch talk about you know the the, the history of of how uh you know, of, of how we came to be and, and how we came to come to this moment sitting there on our family's beautiful ranch property out in south texas and we're just sitting around the fire and, and enjoying each other um, which, which I think is is one of the beautiful things about food. It brings people together, uh, you know, people share stories, share, you know, share pieces of themselves with other, with other people. And, uh, and this was all centered around a beautiful outdoor campfire that, that when it's time to go to bed, we go off to bed and, and, and then we wake up the next morning and usually my, my uncle and one of my cousins who are the best cooks um, up from the group, they had already been up early. They had removed the uh, removed the the cow's head out of the out of the fire out of the oven, and from that you begin to pull apart the meat. It's cheek meat, it's tongue meat, um, and and you make breakfast breakfast tacos. We call we call them breakfast tacos here in here in Texas um, with just with that with with that meat, but just like the entire production of it and you know being outdoors which is you know at the epicenter of my life still just like getting out into the outdoors and enjoying nature and enjoying family and enjoying the ritual of just cooking or you know me to be honest i'm a terrible cook so i i i can't uh i can't take any credit for the work that they did to make us these incredible breakfast tacos um that next morning but for me aside from how delicious the, the end result was. Uh, what, what I recall most is the camaraderie that was built within our family um, a, a, around those moments that, that I really feel strongly about helped drive our family into the future. It keeps us closely connected, um, it keeps us bonded, and, and you know, that's, that's, how, uh, that's how we want to lead our family in, into the future is by staying close, staying connected, Sharing stories and and really keeping keeping the ranch and keeping those moments at the uh, you know at, at the epicenter of our lives and, and make sure that that continues to be uh, you know continues to be a value to us as we continue to evolve into the world.
0: Yeah, it's quite like a family ritualistic. I could see why that that would stick with you, and it's it's nice to kind of hear these stories, regardless of what it is that's being prepared. Um, so other than uh, that experience, has there been a restaurant or a time abroad where you've had a phenomenal food experience that's also stuck with you? Yeah, I, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm a
1: self-proclaimed foodie. Like I, I, I love food. Um, I, when I travel, it's really important to me to, uh, to, to connect with culture, you know, to connect with culture through food. Um, but 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 again, like it, b- because that often means um, consuming r- right now in the world we live in as, as you know you travel abroad travel to Europe, there's still so so much of the traditional dishes that, that are a custom of the culture are, are based in animal you know in animal protein so when i when I travel I, I you know to, to be to be absolutely honest, like I, I end up consuming. More animal protein than usual uh, than usual again because I'm I I, I want to uh, uh, want to connect with the culture through food and 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 understand what the rituals are there within specific cultures whether it's Spain or Greece or the UK I've I've, I've had I've been fortunate to be able to travel to a lot of different places in the world um, and so I, I usually just try to partake in the most traditional dishes most popular. Uh, dishes of culture, where, wherever it is that, that I'm at, but once I quickly start feeling bad, right, like, I mean, eating that way where I have evolved to in my diet now, I quickly do not start feeling good, mm. um, and, and so then I, I, then I start pushing my new culture, you know, my, my new way of life on, uh, on, on the people wherever it is that I'm at, and, and, and that's when I'll start, you know, asking, oh, is there, do you have anything plant-based, or do you have anything, you know, that doesn't have animals in it and still what what is sad to me is that you can go to these places and ask these questions and so many people are still like, what are you talking about like that, that this is crazy like you're you're being super high maintenance. Yeah. Why?" Are, and I'm just like no like I this is the way you know this is the way of the future and and if you all do not start offering up things on your menu that allow people like myself to to travel and consume a little connect with you better you know i I think that's a part of the that's a part of the, the the interaction that that i that i feel like is important where we have to push from our side you know and let them push back on us a little bit too and like let's meet in the middle and drive drive the future forward together um and so that you know that's that's like my very general way the 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 way that i travel is is yeah I, i mean i'm i'm a foodie i'll go to a country or you know to a city and i'm gonna look up and read the reviews of all the, you know, best restaurants in the area. Sometimes that takes me, you know, to consume some mind blowing sushi. Sometimes that takes me to, you know, to, uh, if I'm in Spain, I'm going to eat at, you know, the, the best restaurant there and maybe, you know, eat some, eat some cochinito or, you know, what, whatever it is that, that is, uh, that is traditional to the culture is where I go first. And then once again, I I mean, once I, once I'm no longer feeling, uh, feeling tip top then it's time for me to push back and begin to impose, you know, my, my culture back on that that more traditional stance and, and hopefully, you know, they can begin to understand why it's important for them to, uh, to, to offer more, uh, and, and offer less animal based meals.
0: Is there one standout meal in particular that has that whole, like if you think best meal you've ever had, what would that ever be? Oh, wow. That's so hard. Um, <laughs> it's always hard when, you know, when people are really into food and you've had lots of good food experiences. It's finding that final one. Yeah. I I mean, one of the, I, I, I've had a lot of really memorable
1: meals. The, the first one, first one that kind of pops into my, into my head was, uh, is is out in is out in Napa, uh, out in uh, out in the wine country here in uh, here in the U.S. It's it's called uh, it's called Bouchon. It's a it's a, it's a Thomas Keller restaurant. I mean, it's just it was uh, we were there for my birthday. I want to say maybe like thirty fourth or thirty fifth birthday. I have a cousin that works out in the wine country, and so he was living out there in Napa and, and made a reservation for my birthday at this restaurant and i mean it was just it, it was mind-blowing like the, there was like a salmon we started out with like a salmon riette. and i mean I, i'm super adventurous when it comes to trying new things and uh yeah but when you when you have a really great meal uh really great meal experience coupled with you know some good wine i mean and and, and then you know and and then again like back to my ranch story like the experience is also also adds to that. Who who was I with? And, and, you know, what was the occasion? And, uh, you know, the, the overall environment, like that's, that's why the restaurant industry has become what it is in America because, you know, these people who are developing these concepts have the foresight to create this ambiance and this environment and give this level of service and, you know, provide, you know, this mind blowing, uh, food experience. And all those things added together is, is really what can uh, what can just create uh, you know something that you'll never forget. And um, I, I I'm a huge proponent of um, I, I you know there's some incredible vegan restaurants in in, in America right now. Most of them uh, would be found in in New York or L.A. or San Francisco. Um, but that being said, they're still we have such a far way to go to elevate um, the, the, the vegan kind of restaurant dining experience. That needs to be elevated to, you know, to the heights of these other, you know, kind of world-renowned restaurants. And I, I, I think it'll happen. But again, the consumer demand has to push it in that direction, and, and we're still kind of, we're still fighting that fight on the on the front lines, still shifting demand.
0: Yeah that sounds that sounds great yeah I've only been to like a couple of these Michelin star restaurants where you do come away like I had one in London Um, I can't remember what it was called but um, it was on like Holland High Street or something like that in London and the we had like a nine course vegan tasting menu and it was just phenomenal there was one dish which was just like all based around broccoli but it was like broccoli stem with a broccoli powder and this and that and just the way it was done I'd never seen anything like it and it was the fact that the the chef who owns this um, thing I will find out what it's called. It's just completely gone from my mind, but yeah, just the most amazing experience. And not only was it the food was fantastic, some of the best I've had, but it was it was for my mum's birthday. My aunt was there, and we were going to see um, a play afterwards. So it was all this kind of wrapped up into it around that one experience. But the food is where the conversation happens. You're you're there. You're enjoying the time, the company. Um, yeah from the other people I've spoken to as well it seems asia is the other place that hits all the senses because of the setting who you're with who's preparing it how quick it is how fresh it is um so yeah these these food memories are, are really nice to just talk about yeah yeah and, and and
1: for me of course i i mean my my favorite type of cuisine is the the cuisine of my culture right like i i mean i'm i'm mexican american Grew up in South Texas, right on the border again. So I grew up on Mexican food. That is my comfort food. Mexican is my comfort food. Um, and there are some incredible vegan Mexican food restaurants out there. Uh, one, one being um, on, on a recent trip, I guess I was there in February, right before right before COVID, was out in San Francisco um, for, uh, for a food event, or maybe it was like a capital capital event. And uh, there's a restaurant called uh, called Gracias Madre. And it is, it's incredible. Like it it is really good, like authentic style Mexican food. They do put a healthier spin on on, on a lot of things. I don't, you know, there's like sweet potato in there and they incorporate a lot more vegetables. um, But but a lot of the flavors and the salsas and, and the tortillas and everything they put together is so well executed that like i you know me being a mexican food snob uh, i i I will turn my nose up at some bad mexican food for sure um but but i you know like it's it's incredible to see um the the embracing of the plant to have a fully vegan mexican restaurant and be delivering um delivering at such a high level on on the product side, for you know, for the consumer at the restaurant, I mean that those are the things that excite me. If I if I can come to a place where I can eat my my the you know the comfort food, um, my my comfort food of, of my heritage, and have a hundred percent pleasurable experience with it, that's like that's when I know we're moving in the right direction. And we just need more of it, and, and we need to we need to turn more people on to the fact that we're we're there. Like we we are there. We just need more people to uh, begin to embrace the lifestyle and and embrace the fact that plant-based food can taste just as good, if not better than, you know, the 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 real thing. Or, you know, I, I, I hate to even say the real thing. It's only real because that is the way that you know our food system was created or that's how things evolved and got pushed pushed onto us uh you know it's it's wrong to say that the plant-based thing is not the real thing the plant-based thing is the real thing too the 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 plants are what all the animals that we've been consuming are are eating anyway um i think we're just getting a lot smarter and then we're evolving to a place to begin to understand that we need to cut out the middleman the animal has been the the middleman this whole time we've been letting them eat all the plants and then we've been eating them and and you know the, the the protein source, the energy source is is actually from the plants, and as long as we can get them to taste like the, the things that we grew accustomed to after so many years, you know that that's when we'll really start winning and, and pushing people toward you
0: know toward where you and I are right now. Perfect. Yeah, definitely. I think that's that's really key. It's it's the way it's evolving. It's just embracing it and finding these places that are really. At the pinnacle of these things doing amazing things, like in brighton and london now there's a vegan pizza chain which is still some of the best pizza i've had to this day vegan or non-vegan it's just at such a high quality they've even got a gluten-free sourdough which i nearly sent back the first time it came out because i was like this can't be like this isn't <laughs> it's unbelievable how good that dough is like i would kill for that recipe because it's that good it's it's hands down the best i've ever had so yeah, it's when you find these things, it's it shout about them, tell people. Um, and like with Nadamu, when you have it for the first time, you'll tell your friends, they'll tell their friends, and it's, it's that snowball effect. So it is luckily the generations mostly consuming it are the most vocal. So they'll really get behind and support the brands. Um, yeah. So that's why you've got a really strong brand with Nadamu, and, and the online support has been amazing. And did I see during um, COVID or maybe even before, you've been doing direct consumer ice cream? so delivery we
1: have we have and, and, and what's interesting we had been doing it for a long time before this uh, but this was the perfect uh, again COVID-19 has accelerated a lot of things that we already knew were starting to starting to take root and so what COVID-19 has done to our e-commerce business our direct-to-consumer business was just like it's it's taking off and it, it like it, it's taking off on its own and Uh, you know, we've been wanting that to happen for a long time. It's not super cost effective or cost efficient to the consumer to, uh, receive ice cream direct to their door. There's a lot of additional costs associated with shipping, uh, shipping a product that, that isn't, uh, that can't ship dry or, or can't ship shelf stable. Um, but regardless, the convenience of it is, is nice and uh, we've we've done a lot of good work to drive down our shipping costs at, at the same time that this kind of, this accelerated our business. And so our, our e-commerce business from February to March in the COVID times, I mean, we saw like a, I, I forget the number. Is it like 300 or 400% month over month increase in e-commerce sales? So that was the big jump. And now we're just like, we have this new, this new base foundation um, for what's possible on the direct to consumer side. Um, and so now, yeah, at the same time that we're building out our distribution and working on optimizing our scoop shop, now we also have this opportunity to continue to drive traffic uh, to our website and do more direct-to-consumer sales. Because what's important to us is having that relationship with our customer. We, we want to have that direct line of communication um, to the people that support us. But, you know, the people that really support us at the end of the day are the people who are willing to spend the money, you know, the $5.99 on a pint or, uh, you know, $4.99 or $6.99 in some cases here in America. Those are the people that are directly supporting us. And we want to make sure that we have that direct line of communication to them because they they, they are everything. The, The customer is everything to us. And the only way to really begin to let them know that is to uh, you know, to do a better job of communicating directly to them, and that's what we do on social media. That's what we're doing with our direct-to-consumer business. That's what we're doing with our email marketing. Um, and, and yeah, we we again, this is this is an organic deal that we're doing. We're trying to do it sustainably, and and we just want to uh, continue to let our customer know how very grateful we are for for their support through the years and and. We believe that that's how we're going to continue to build our base and, and build our business.
0: Are there any plans to come to the UK?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, absolutely. We, we firmly believe that Nautamu needs to be everywhere in the world. We're going to continue to work our butts off to make sure that that's the case. Um, there is no, there's no uh, kind of short-term, um, sh- short-term things in the works to get distributed in the UK. Uh, we have put some feelers out and started to, talk to, t- start to started to talk on, to some potential partners on the ground. It sounds like in the UK it's really important to get the, the food uh, the food item manufactured in the country. Uh, therefore, we would probably have to find a, a good manufacturing partner there um, to, to really make sure that we can hit the market in the way that's that's going to have the greatest impact. And if that's what's important to the UK market, and then, then that's the way that we are going to want to do it when it's time for us to move in. We're, we're going to want to make it there. We're going to want to distribute it there. And, and we want to, every single market that we uh, begin to interact with, we just want to create the greatest amount of impact as we can. And, and the best way to do that when dealing with the market, you don't understand all the way. Um, is is to to align yourself with some on the ground partners and and make sure that uh, from you know from day one when you decide to break into that market you have the pieces in place to ensure that you uh, you can be successful.
0: Oh, can me on board. I'm, I'm in whenever that happens. Like one of <laughs> one of the first pints in the UK. Like sign me up because I am still. To this day, I think it is one of the best ice creams I've ever had. So if you're listening in America or Canada and you can get your hands on some and you haven't yet, go buy it right now because it is absolutely delicious. Um, So before I ask the final question, um, because I know you are obviously a very busy man and you'll have things to be getting. (laughs) um, Where can people find you or Nadamu online, um, both if they want to ask you questions directly or find out more about where to buy the brand?
1: Yeah, so I, I mean, what's what's most important, um, you know, there's only so much we get to cover in, in, in this piece, but I would, I'd highly recommend anybody listening to this um, to, to go to our website first, like go, go to our website, we just launched a brand new one, it's beautiful, uh, our team is really, really excited about it, it, it just launched, uh, just launched about a month ago, really, so brand spanking new website. Um, it's www.nautamu.com. Go poke around, look at our flavors, look at our story, um, look at our commitment to our, to our farmers and their, and their sustainability stories. It's really important for us to align ourselves with, uh, with farmers who are on the ground also implementing these sustainability measures that we're discussing. Um, and yeah, just try to get a feel for, for who we are and, and what we're doing um there's very quick and easy ways to uh to engage the brand directly via email from the website um so yeah again just poke around feel free to ask any questions um if you'd like to contact me directly i i'm always very uh i, I make myself as available as possible uh, feel free to email me directly daniel at notamu.com with whatever you're interested in um and, and also, I mean, you can follow me on Instagram. I, I, I do, uh, that's probably the, the social media channel that I personally spend the most time on. I try to not spend too much time on social media because it can get, uh, can get in the way of my productivity. Um, but, but, but I do, I, I mean, people reach out to me there all the time and, and I'm always open to engaging anybody in conversations or discussions around our brand, around me personally um and so my handle there is simply at nadamudan um reach out to me there uh again name is daniel nicholson i have a twitter account too um which is also at nadamudan on facebook my name is daniel nicholson you can find me there um and yeah would love to hear from anybody whether you've tried our product whether you'd love to try it in the future um it it, it it is our job to uh to to listen to people and, and to you know to hopefully create a solution for whatever it is that that you are looking for and uh and we're, we're always happy to that's that's a part of our mission we care about people about planets uh, uh we care about animals and the sustainability of, of life for all of us here so um thanks so much mitch for uh, for creating this space and for uh for, for allowing me the opportunity to, to share a little bit of our story. I, I thank
0: you. Yeah, you're, you're very welcome. You're very deserving of more people's airtime if they've never heard of you because I really love what you guys have achieved in the, the short five years that we've been following your journey since tasting it. And um, yeah, if there are any ice cream manufacturers ice cream are listening, then get involved <laughs> um, Please, please make this happen. Um, so final question is... You've lived your long life. You've achieved everything you've wanted, and it's your final, final meal before you move off to whatever the next phase of your life may be. What would you have for your starters, mains, dessert, and possibly to drink? Dude,
1: I, I, I mean, I, uh, I don't, I, 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 I actually don't eat that much. Uh, I, I, I kind of, I don't eat too much. So. Uh, i i think i think what i would do i would crush i'd crush a full pint of not i i i would crush maple pecan is my absolute favorite flavor um and yeah i think i, I think as my journey continues and, and wherever uh you know wherever the the next steps come uh this 12-year experience uh to date has been incredible and and has been you know, I've, I've lived some of the greatest moments of my life and in, in these first 36 years. Um, and I would absolutely indulge in a full pint, which is mean, only about I, I, I mean, a full pint of maples, probably somewhere around 500 to 550 calories. Um, for the entire pint, I, I would just crush one without batting an eyelash, uh, just dive in, no shame uh because it's it, it's that good and and the, the quality of the ingredients in it are such that you can do that uh i, I would never encourage anybody to, to to eat a whole pint um but you actually can and you don't feel too bad afterwards like you you know i i think uh, we, we need to live we, we need to live a life where we appreciate uh we appreciate indulgence every now and then and uh yeah i i I think i would uh i think i would highlight the uh the step into my next chapter by uh bringing uh bringing this chapter to closure with uh with an incredible pint of my favorite flavor
0: that sounds fantastic well again thank you so much for your time and to anyone that's been listening please do go check out nadamu um and dan himself amazing guy so big love and thank you so much Thanks so much, Mitch. I appreciate it, dude. Have a good one. You. Bye-bye.